Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them, show them how to use tools to promote themselves and their businesses and to be the best successes that they possibly can be. And so we're going to have so much fun today because we are going to talk about some of this in detail, and it's a subject that, oh, I don't know that much about. I know, hard to believe, but that's why this is going to be so much fun. So please join me in welcoming Jason Criddle to the program. Hello, hello. Great, great. Well, let me tell just a little bit about you, and I loved reading your bio, and I'm sure it could go on and on and on, because even though you are... a youngster, (laughs) you have done so much. And this is what is so cool. So Jason Criddle is a bit of a genius with over 20 books to his name and another 50, right, folks? 50, five, zero, awaiting publishing. He has personally worked with over 150 startups, dozens of the largest fortunes companies, and many tech schools across the U.S., As a millennial investor with a passion for helping entrepreneurs succeed, Jason also focuses on the metaphysical and spiritual aspects of what it takes to drive greatness within oneself. On top of the many companies he owns, he also runs a tech incubator in Dallas called The Smarter Foundry. And you can also keep in contact with him by downloading the Jason app in the App Store or on Google Play. So, wow, welcome, Jason. Hello. You know, it's really funny because... Um, whenever somebody goes like, how did you write 20 books? I'm like, how have you not written 20 books? Like, I I just think that we can be doing more. So I don't ever think of the things that I've done as like amazing as to me, it's just everyday life. It's just the way you live. Yeah. And you know, that, okay, let's start there. Why did you write? Because so many people think I have a book in me. I could write a book, all these various things. And clearly for you, it, it comes very easily. And you know, and I looked at your Amazon page, such a wide range of topics. You're a true Renaissance man. Why did you really start thinking to, that, it, that it was important to write these books? Um, you know, I think when it comes down to it, it comes to content. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a content creator. I remember when I wrote my first book, I put on my a business card that I was an author. And then like nine or 10 books in, I realized that I'm not an author and I wanted to start focusing on everything. So it's like mm-hmm. movies, books, uh, documentaries, you know, companies, right. uh, this, you know, this, um, I was on a radio show a couple of weeks ago and the guy asked me, so there's one thing that I always like to ask people at the end of what it is, you know, after the end of the interview, he said, what is your why? And I said, my why, which I was like, this would be a good book title. My, right. my why is, should be everybody's why. And that mm-hmm. why is because I can. And, you know, like I said, you know, I'm actually up to about 90 books now. I just have, a, uh, I just have an outdated bio. Uh, mm-hmm. And editing and publishing takes longer than it does to write. Right. And mm-hmm. so we all have our own experiences. Deb, you have this mm-hmm. radio show. You talk to a lot of great people, but every single thing that we do every Mm -hmm. single day, like it's all based of our own perceptions, our own belief, our faith, Mm -hmm. our models, our behaviors that we've picked up throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. The way that I see the world is I see the world that each one of us are an individual camera lens that's living in this virtual reality. And Mm -hmm. so reality is doing one thing, but then everybody has their own way of seeing how that's being done. And Mm -hmm. every single person out there has an audience. Every single person out there has a perspective that other people would enjoy hearing and listening and Mm -hmm. reading about. And so, you know, I had, uh, I had my first near life experience. Uh, I had a heart surgery, a little malfunction. I popped out of my body. I popped back in my body. And Mm -hmm. then I decided that I was going to follow through on everything, regardless if it was a book, Mm -hmm. whatever idea popped into my head, I'm going to follow through on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, we we do so many of the things where, what are people going to think? Or, you know, all of those things. And and we, I saw something that was funny. I saw it on Facebook today, and it said, we need to live our lives thinking, oh, well, as opposed to what if. You know, and, and, and why not? I mean, you know, as long as you're not 
physically damaging somebody or something, we shouldn't be afraid to to live our life the way that we are intended to live it. Yes. Um, you know, of the Constitution, you know, uh, every single law and statute that we follow is something that was written or mandated on top of the original Constitution. The Constitution mm-hmm. of the United States of America pretty much just says that. It says right. as long as we're not harming anybody, mm-hmm. then we can do whatever we want. And mm-hmm. but everybody has, you know, we've we've all developed these rules and these laws and these regulations and committees to support the regulations and then uh, and then uh, organizations to regulate the committees that are regulating the new, uh, it's ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. so what it makes people believe is that this world is real, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And I know that sounds, uh, why is he laughing about that? Because, Because this world is not real, you know? Like I had the privilege to leave my body and I think everybody should die at least once in their lifetime but once you actually go outside of this, you realize that this is just a stepping stone right. in the path to something even bigger. So mm-hmm. do whatever you want and don't mm-hmm. care what people think. Because one thing that I like to say is, why are you worrying about what people think? Because they more than likely don't <laughs> think at all. So, right. so who cares? It, what, what, regardless of what their opinions are, Uh, regardless of what they may think about you, if they're destined to be in your life, they're going to be in your life for a predetermined Mm -hmm. amount of time to help fulfill whatever goals you're going to fulfill with them. And then once they're gone, they're gone and you move on Mm -hmm. and you keep going on your journey. Right. You know, and, and I love that you cover so many different topics in your books because in a lot of ways it's, it's like you're having conversations with people and you're not holding back. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking here at Amazon and, and, you know, this is just in no particular order. This is just how the books came up in, in Amazon. So you did a, a series that looks like called Breaking Barriers. Kind of breaking is, is a theme here. So we've got Breaking Barriers, Being Colorblind in a Racist World. Then the next one is understanding manifestation, creating a vision and hold on tight. And then breaking bad and over, uh, 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 overstanding behavior from an abusive father. Mm-hmm. Breaking through, being healthy in mind, a 250-pound weight loss story. And then you do have some business books and, and things like that. So that's what I like is, is you're obviously not afraid at all to, to put your thoughts out there. And I love that because we do get so caught up in the what ifs, what are they going to think about me? What if they don't like me? So what, you know, if they don't like my view on something, then they're probably not going to like something else. And maybe they're just not supposed to be in my life. Yeah. I, I told you when we first got on the call that I have bad mofo written on my business card. Of course, I mm-hmm. don't use the word mofo. But, yes, you know, whenever, we know what it means. Uh-huh. <laughs> whenever I first printed them up, my my mom asked me, she's, Jason, she calls me Bud. She's like, now, uh, now, Bud, now Bud. she's like, <laughs> what are you going to do if somebody gets offended by your card? And I said, I won't work with them. Right. And, you know, and nine out of 10 people that get my business card, uh, they laugh and they go, mm-hmm. OK, so if he put that on his business card, he must be one. I'm not going to question right. it. And then right. every once in a while, I get someone that goes, ah. And they have this look of disgust on their face and then they walk away and I'm like, oh, okay, well, see you later. You know, I don't need to waste my time. Um, And and frankly, whatever opinions they care to share, I don't really care to listen. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, as far as my books go. You know, one of my books that I just put out, it's called Smarter Living, the Rough Draft Edition. And the reason why I put it out as the Rough Draft Edition because mm-hmm. like I said, editing and publishing takes a long time. So mm-hmm. now I decided that in 2017, I'm going to write it and publish it. And I don't care if it has been proofread or edited mm-hmm. or not. I'll do all that later. I just keep want right. I just want to keep putting out content. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and for some people, they're doing that online in the form of blogs. Correct. So, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's getting content out there. Right. The only thing is, is unless you're annoying the heck out of somebody on your blog page with a whole bunch of advertising and click through affiliate links, then you're not making any money from that blog. Right. And a book is an asset that you don't have to fix the air conditioner whenever it goes Mm -hmm. bad. And so, you know, after I was offered my first book contract, I decided to start a publishing company. 
uh, mm -hmm. because if, if I'm going to have one asset out there, I might as well collect as many as I can. Right. And, and a book, I mean, you know, we're, we're live on this radio show right now. And guess what? I probably had a couple book sales since we've been on the radio show mm -hmm. and right. it, that's money to be made. That's assets. That's the ability to be an entrepreneur and do whatever you mm -hmm. want with your life. Right. And, and like you said, you control it. You know, you can say, okay, well, you know, I, for this one, it means a lot to me. So I'm going to charge more, charge less, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And as your own publisher, you can do that. You're not having to, to put up with somebody saying, oh, no, 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 no. You must sell this at nine ninety five. Right. Yes. And give up all you know, the reason why I started my publishing company is because I actually read that agreement. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I hear this all the time. People are like, you read contracts? Yes. Yeah, well, my, you should. My attorney would kill me. Well, my, uh -huh. one of my attorneys told me something about five years ago. It's one of the greatest things that I've ever heard. He said, you will never gain any rights by signing your name on a piece of paper. Right. And whenever he said that, I mean, it was like a big eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. But I read this agreement. And if I had accepted their sign-on bonus, then they wanted to own all of my intellectual property for the rest of my life and Ooh. have managers and people delegate what I was going to do with it. And mm -hmm. they used intellectual property in such a broad term that it could have been Ooh. business. Everything. It, it could have been everything. Anything that came mm -hmm. out of my head and turned into an entity, they would have owned. And, and a lot of people just don't realize what it is they're giving up. Mm -hmm. And so we started our publishing company based on being consultants. People mm -hmm. own 100% of their intellectual property and all of their copyrights. And then mm -hmm. we just help them launch the book and market it and we share in the royalties with them. Right. I love that. Well, and you are quite the entrepreneur. I mean, you have uh, Jason Criddle and Associates, and then you have, you know, all these other entities underneath. How many other entities do you have, kind of roughly? Uh, you know, a lot. <laughs> So, and, and and I know that's because they change. It's not that you're being vague or misleading. It's because they change and grow and, and all sorts it, it of changes. things. We had legacy status investments and mm -hmm. uh, legacy status investments had its own portfolio. And then we uh, sold off legacy status investments in 2015 and we started the Smarter App company. And, mm -hmm. and I figured that I was done with the investment world at that time. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm 32. I get a, I'm going to retire from this. And, uh, and it never stopped. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I had built up such a name for myself that even now, uh, about 10 times a week, somebody connects with me on LinkedIn and they ask me if they can send me an investment deck and can I help them find, mm -hmm. uh, find investors. And so, um, so that's when we decided to start Jason Criddle and Associates and start branding me instead of mm -hmm. Legacy right. Stats brand. And uh, so since we started our new portfolio, I guess about two months ago, we have about 30, 35 companies in that portfolio. Uh, before wow. I got on the phone with you today, I took 10% in a company called GoCuts. They mm. have a mobile app where people can just pay a monthly fee uh, mm -hmm. to get as many haircuts as they want. And then they just go to the designated partners around the country oh. and get their haircuts. Um, another company is called six IUX. They have mm -hmm. a, an app out on the market called bulk because mm -hmm. you have all of these apps that are out that focus on losing weight, but there are no mm -hmm. apps on the market that focus on gaining muscle. And right. since, you know, me and my team, we we're all in the fitness industry before, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just seemed like the perfect relationship. And the reason why we go this route, why did I take 8% of 6IUX and why did I take 10% of GoCuts? Because these are entrepreneurs that have created a product or mm -hmm. they have created an app, but what they have not created yet is a company. And okay. so that is something that we deal with all the time. Somebody mm -hmm. will scratch an idea on a paper plate and then they'll mm -hmm. go and ask an investor for a million dollars for it. And they will waste literally a year or five years of their life trying to find somebody to invest in this project to get it off the ground when mm -hmm. they could use a little bit of sweat and some tears and give up eating meals out once, a, you know, once a week mm -hmm. right. and actually build a company. And, mm -hmm. and that's what the foundry does. That's what Jason Criddle and associates does. That's what legacy status investments did is mm -hmm. you take companies that were looking for investment dollars 
and we mm-hmm. get them to the point to where they could get investment dollars or where they didn't need investment dollars at all and, okay. and teach them how to actually build a business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, we, uh, we have had the smarter app company for uh, a little over a year now. And that's one of my big babies because it has 11 subsidiaries underneath it now. And, wow. and, um, and then, yeah, we just kind of started back up with, you know, we, we never stopped doing it. It's just that mm-hmm. we rebranded Jason Criddle and Associates. Mm-hmm. And we have about three dozen or so companies on board now. Nice. You know, and, and the thing, and it, it comes back to, to writing the books, You've probably, I'm sure you've had people say, well, you know, Jason, you probably shouldn't do that. And you just went, uh, and, and in essence ignored them. Now that's not to say you haven't taken good business advice and things, but you know, when someone has put limitations, you've gone, well, (laughs) you know, and, and that's again, what I think so many people need to learn is the only limitations you should be paying attention to are the ones that you put on yourself. And then Think about why you've put them there. Yes. I, um, I had this quote uh, that went viral back when I was doing a lot of Facebook marketing. And I said, success depends solely upon the second letter in success. And mm-hmm. uh, the second right. letter is you. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we live in a very egomaniacal, crazy society of duality where you have, you know, what people would see as positive, and then you have what people would see as negative. And the funny Mm -hmm. thing is, is if you were to get rid of all the human beings, it would just be, there would be positive or negative. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not good or bad until somebody places an opinion on it. But that opinion is based upon perceptions and beliefs and sometimes Mm -hmm. past. It's not based on anything real or objective. And so Mm -hmm. Um, usually, uh, we, as human beings, we, we put ourselves at the top of this food chain, right? Mm-hmm. So at the, in, in my world, I am bigger, better, stronger, faster, smarter than everybody. And then everybody mm-hmm. kind of believes that same thing. And mm-hmm. so once we come across somebody who is bigger, better, stronger, faster than us, then we start getting jealous and we start getting mad and we, Oh, right. well, that guy was just lucky, you know, mm-hmm. he's never going to be as good at this as I am. And mm-hmm. it, none of that matters. Like right. what Deb, I, I cannot be Jason Criddle unless you are you and you can't be right. you unless I am me. Mm-hmm. And so just embracing the fact that we are all equals can help people's lives get along a lot easier and better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like as soon as we start doing something worthwhile with our life, then we have to hear everybody's negative opinions. Right, right. It's like living well, here in downtown, uh, just real quick. Living here in downtown, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm looking out my window right now. One whole side of my apartment is 11-foot floor-to-ceiling windows. It's Whoa. beautiful. I have a beautiful mm-hmm. view of Main Street and Elm Street. And, and whenever I invite somebody into my home for the first time, I can pretty much just sit there and wait for it. And I, right. I just sit here and I'm like, I'm like, wait for it, wait for it. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in and they go, oh my God, this place is awesome. Oh, your view is spectacular. Your view is, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, wait for it. And then they go, but I could never live in a place like this. I could never live in the city. I can never mm-hmm. live in down. Why, why are you saying that to me? You're in my right. home. You know? like, yes. I'm yeah. going to go to your home and say, oh my God, you have a great home, but your car mm-hmm. really sucks and your house right. smells like ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. You know? So it, it, it's, it's just this, it's like this, we, we feel the need to share our negativity uh, mm-hmm. when I believe that if you're not, you know, there's that saying, like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Right. It's like, what it really comes down to is like, don't say anything. Like, mm-hmm. like that's it, you know, just to shut yeah. up. Don't say anything mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and it's funny because we all define ourselves based on other people and then we have different definitions. You know, I remember now this was um, when we were getting ready for my 10th high school reunion. So five years ago, <laughs> um, 
you know, one of the the organizers wanted to you know you always do awards at mm-hmm. at you know reunions who traveled the farthest you know all that stuff and she wanted to pick the most successful and i said and how are you going to define that and she just looked at me and i said you know someone who you know okay so we would have been 28 at that point ish you know i said so we you know we may have some who might be millionaires by now i said but who's to say that they're more successful than the person who is raising three kids and doing a fabulous job doing that. But, you know, they're they're eating ramen noodles every night. I said, you know, there's no way that we could define success. And sadly, she never got it. She never understood because, of course, she wanted the monetary. And it, it wasn't going to be her. I mean, it wasn't that she was nominating herself. But for her, it really was who was making the most money. Mm-hmm. And and for one thing, I wasn't sure how we were going to even figure that out. I mean, what are you going to do? What's your net worth? Um, but you know, it really was uh, some of those some of my classmates who came back were the people who maybe they'd been married several times. You know, all these various things had their kids and were just the absolute happiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was that was success. You know, the people making the boatloads of money for the most part were not happy. Yeah, Dale Carnegie says that success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea. Mm-hmm. And he says that very thing, like success can be someone who makes the decision to become a great parent. Success can right. be someone who makes the decision and and then making the decision and actually following through on the decision is what makes you success, uh, what mm-hmm. makes you successful. When it comes to business, the way I view success is, um, you know, with these entrepreneurs and these startup companies, if somebody has an idea and they get that idea all the way to the point to where they have a customer, I mm-hmm. consider them to be a success because right. if they can get one customer, they can get a million customers. Yes. What matters is that they have sold one person on something. Mm-hmm. And so as long as they keep following through on those ideas, you know, one of the reasons why... I'm even remotely capable of being on this radio show or doing anything that I do is because first and foremost, I consider myself to be a successful father. I -hmm. raised my daughter on my own. I homeschool her. Uh, She's sitting right here in front of me eating an apple. Hello. Uh, (laughs) I, I, but you know, I, I do this all for her because I'm a millennial. I was Mm -hmm. raised I was raised in a culture where we were raised, we raised ourselves. I mm-hmm. sat in a bedroom all day. My dad left when I was a kid. My mom worked like three jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, we would go to school in the morning. We would walk home from school in the afternoon and we were by ourselves until it was time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't want that life for my daughter. I wanted right. her to experience the world. I didn't want her mm-hmm. to experience the world through uh, our dysfunctional educational system. And, and so I wanted her to experience what is it like to live a really, really, really cool life. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been working on trying to give her her entire mm-hmm. life is a chance to see and experience something completely different than I ever experienced before. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because in a lot of ways I had the opposite, you know, because I grew up now I grew up in a very small town in the Colorado mountains. And, Mm. and so that is, you know, that's very different, but we were talking about this the other day with some friends, we could be out. And and now when I say very small town, I mean, very small town. My graduating class had 32. Oh (laughs) yeah. That's pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Itsy bitsy, itsy bitsy. And and so the town itself was was small and, and there was only one school in the county, you know, and, and, you know, so things like that. But we could be out riding our bicycles at 10 o'clock at night and there was no fear, you know, and, and for one thing, it would take our parents two or three phone calls to find out where we were, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody had seen us, they knew where we were and everybody looked after everybody else, right. you know, so we were these very social creatures um you know this was ugh, i probably shouldn't admit this when i you know now this oh this pains me <laughs> there were we had three television channels three yeah. count them three um and so we didn't camp out in front of television and just sit there forever and we certainly didn't have video games or things it was like so that boring. nobody wanted to sit in front of the tv i know you know and, and so we were outside and 
experiencing life and did we get bumps and bruises and bangs? Yes. But you know what? We we experienced life and and I felt bad for, you know, the the kids that came after us and and even now. I mean, you know, I live in a neighborhood where I really have to stop and think who has kids now, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very urban, well, it's not urban. It's um because it's, you know, houses and lawns and, and things like that. So it's not a downtown area, but the kids aren't out playing, you know, and they're not even in their backyards. They're just not out. And so I have to stop and think now who, who here has kids and, you know, and it's just, that's, that's, you know, I think it's kind of sad that we've gone from being able to be out and about to not being able to, and, you know, well, unfortunately, we can't solve those problems, but I love the fact that, that you have taken a different philosophy about how you're going to raise your daughter. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I saw this meme online about a year ago and it said like, um, it said what social networking looked like in the 90s and it was the uh, mm-hmm. front of a house and there was like 13 bicycles stacked up right out uh-huh. in front of the house. And I've had this conversation a couple of times in the last few months where we were talking about the changes that technology have made and technology, Mm -hmm. even though it's advancing and it's helping a lot of people in a lot of ways, you know, like there's a lot of things that it has taken away from us. And Mm -hmm. one of those things is accountability. And so when I was a kid, (laughs) you know, back in my day, Yes, way back in the day. You know, back in my day, my mom, you know, we were talking about malls. Malls used to be the place where people would go hang out. There are movies that are, you know, Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes, yes. These movies all Mm -hmm. take place in malls. And Mm -hmm. so our parents would, you know, my mom, she would, you know, on Saturday, she would drop us off at the mall at like 9 or 10 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And she would say, okay, I'm going to pick you up at the squirrel entrance at 430 and at mm-hmm. 4.30, you were there. Right. And if you weren't there, then my mom, you know, she, my mom wouldn't go into the mall to look for us. She would, like, call the police or call mm-hmm. the hospitals and see if right. we were dead or arrested. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we knew that we were supposed to be there. And yes. if you told somebody, hey, I'm going to meet you. There were no Starbucks. But if you told somebody, I'm going to meet you at Starbucks at 11.30 a.m. at this location, and they weren't there, then you would go you to the worried. pay phone and you were worried mm-hmm. sick because unless you were willing to get back in your car and go listen to your answering machine back at home to see if somebody mm-hmm. had left you a message, you had no clue what happened to this person. And now, right. now I live in a day and age where somebody will contact me off of LinkedIn. They mm-hmm. will ask me to look at a business plan and invest in their company. I will tell them, okay, meet me here at my office. I go to my office and then five minutes after they're supposed to be there, they send me some text message and say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Can we do this another time? And you're like, no, nope. no, nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you missed your chance. Like I very rarely give somebody a second chance in right. that situation. Right. But that's just one of the instances that's we didn't want to watch TV because we grew up with 10 channels, you know, mm-hmm. but every single channel had a different news program on it. Mm-hmm. The only time there were ever cartoons or anything worthwhile was either uh, for an hour or two on Saturday morning or mm-hmm. late at, excuse me, late at night when we were supposed to be in bed. And right. so TV was out, you know, mm-hmm. I spent most of my childhood in the library. I didn't really care about having friends. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like school. So instead of being a complete failure in school, I did my best to get through school as fast as I could because I didn't want to be there. You know? Right. So the very, no, very I, different childhood, yeah, very different world it, that we live in. It is, you know, and, and, and it's funny because especially with social media, you know, it's in, in so many ways, it's made the world smaller. I mean, you know, I've reconnected with people that I went to high school with that I literally have not talked to in 30 years. And so that's where it's, you know, that's very cool. But at the same point, then sometimes we rely on it so much. Um, I was uh, emailing somebody today and we were, you know, we'd been trying to email each other and it was bouncing. And I finally said, you know, there's this thing called a phone <laughs> <You> <laughs> right. and, and we've gotten into the habit of 
not leaving our offices. You know, we're, we're doing business on LinkedIn. And, you know, that's not to say it's bad because we can do business around the world now. But we've gotten away from actually going sometimes and making those great connections. And now I, I realize that there are some people who, you know, they they're, they're very uncomfortable in networking situations. You know, I have a, a very good friend who, you know, she, it, it just thinking of going and giving a 30 second elevator pitch would send her into to hives and terror and, and everything. I mean, you know, she was just such an introvert, but online she does really well because you can't see that she's about to you know pass out. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, and, and so that's, that's great. And again, it's expanded our world and, and all of those things, but you know, technology, there are times where we need to turn them off and set them down and, and get back out and actually see people. And, you know, maybe it is that you go out and, you know, granted you live in an apartment building, but, you know, maybe, you know, we need to, to have a day where we all go out and we just see people face to face. And we remember that they're people as opposed to, you know, the avatars that we see. Mm-hmm. I live in a, um, you know, the thing about living in the suburbs is you have a car and you drive into your garage and you can mm-hmm. literally have zero interaction with people. Right. Oh yeah. Around. You and live, the you see all these people in the in. elevators. Yeah. And- it's a community, you know, mm-hmm. like you, um, it's really funny because whenever you watch a movie, they always depict New York. Like I go to New York very often. I was there two weeks ago. They always mm-hmm. depict New York as like everybody's cussing and, and shouting at each other and screaming and, and very cussing, antisocial, very antisocial. But then you go to New York and everybody's really friendly and right. there isn't a lot of cussing. There is some honking, but the main reason why you mm-hmm. don't do it is because that person could be your neighbor and right. you don't honk and you don't give somebody the finger because they could mm-hmm. be driving into the same parking garage that you're driving mm-hmm. into. And then you're going to be mortified. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here we actually have a community and so right. um, everybody kind of says hi to each other. Everybody asks, mm-hmm. you know, talks about whatever. But it's it really is just missing. I had a girl ask me the other day. She said, oh, my God, like, she's like, if I ever would have to speak in front of people, oh, my God, I would just freak out. She's like, she's, do you have to practice to be, become better at public speaking? I said, uh, well, have you? ever spoken to anybody and she said yes Mm -hmm. and I was like well there you go you're good at public speaking right you're talking to me now honey (laughs) exactly talking to one person is no different than talking to a thousand people it's just about being comfortable with what it is that you're saying and if you're Mm -hmm. talking truth then you're talking beliefs and you're and you're and you're being yourself then that's all you have to be to be a good Mm -hmm. public speaker it's just that most people they think that just because they're getting into the spotlight that they have to put on this show and they mm-hmm. have to be this something else that they are mm-hmm. not. And one thing that I teach my daughter all the time, it doesn't matter if you are in front of one person or a thousand people, you stay the same. You don't change. Right. You don't put on a show mm-hmm. because nobody cares about you trying to be somebody else. People mm-hmm. care about you. You right. know? They want that message from you. Yes, exactly. My little girl, people love Emma. What people mm-hmm. don't love is whenever Emma tries to act like other people. Right. You know, they want to see that sweet little girl that mm-hmm. that that we love. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Like people, uh, I I don't care what people think about anything that I say. And that's mm-hmm. what people listen to when they listen to me. That's what people see whenever right. they see me. If I were to get up there and put on some facade to try and impress somebody, then I would ruin my chance, just like people ruin relationships, you know, mm-hmm. just like people ruin their business because they never, uh, they, they care so much about what the other person thinks. People will... Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, because of neuro-linguistic programming, you know, it says that you should mirror the... Per- Screw that. Don't mirror yeah. anybody. Don't try to follow their patterns. It's actually yourself. fun sometimes to do it, just to do it, but, <laughs> right. but you shouldn't be doing it to, to, to be like them. Right. It's not going to impress them. It's not going to get mm-hmm. you any further ahead. Right. 
And if anything, it's annoying. I mean, you know, when, when I'm talking to somebody and I realize that they're doing that, of course, then what do I do? I, I do stupid things just to see if they will mirror it. Mm. But yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I don't want to be standing here talking to me. Yes, I am. You know, I'm an only child and, and we laugh that, you know, there are on occasions I'm very self-centered, but I want to talk to you, not to me, you know, and, and so mirroring what I'm doing, you know, that's no, mm -mm. that's, that's not, not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, I, holy cow, this is, this is such a fun conversation, you know, and, and, and it really is, you know, it's, it's so much fun, but I suppose we should talk a little bit about business. Oh, I know. Yeah, we, I yeah, we know. haven't even started that yet, have we? I know, you know, well, you talked about your books, which can be found on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So that's always cool. And, and, you know, later on, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but let's, you know, when I did the intro, I said we were going to talk about something that I know nothing about. And I know a little bit, I don't even, but I don't even know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> and that's your smart app company. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that because we literally, and I say literally, of course, in quotes, but for some people, I think it's true. We cannot function without our smartphones. Mm -hmm. They're in our hands all the time. You know, if you're, it, there's, there's almost no age limit to people having smartphones, whether it's young or old. And so you've come up with this great concept of, you know, and, and actually, so I went to your website, which is the smarter app.com and that's S M A R T R. There's no E in there. So smarter app.com. And it starts by saying, do you have an app for your business? You should. So why? Why should people have an app for their business? Well, like, so I pick on, I pick on all different types of industries, but I'm going to pick on chiropractors because it's a, okay. it's an industry that I go to. Uh, it's, it's like my go-to industry. So uh, I live in the middle of downtown Dallas. If I were to get on Google right now and put in chiropractor near me, it's going to pull up like like thousands of chiropractors right, right? Mm -hmm. and so um google is not trying to find the best chiropractor with the best reviews and the most valuable person that has uh practiced and gotten multiple degrees and has helped you know thousands or tens of thousands mm -hmm. of patients google is finding the person who is paying the most for advertising on google right and so whenever i go to a chiropractor, if I search for a chiropractor, a chiropractor will spend all this time and years and going to school. And then they open up their office and their office looks like everybody else. And they do mm -hmm. everything the same and they have the same tables and they have the same Thomas Kincaid posters in the waiting room and with the blue mm -hmm. and pink chairs that nobody has used since 1985 in Fox and Jacob right. homes. And, and so why would I pick a chiropractor? And so, uh, or why would I pick a dentist? Why would I pick a carpet cleaner? I am mm -hmm. more than likely picking them because they have spent so much money on advertising that they are the ones that pop up on my radio right. or in my newsfeed, or they are the ones that pop up on a Google search. But if somebody spends time branding and building value in themselves, which like we said, a success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea. If somebody mm -hmm. wants to become the most successful something, then they always have to do things to stand apart from the crowd. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to uh, go to Google and put in chiropractor, uh, and one of the first listings showed, well, this chiropractor has been on CNN, and this chiropractor has three best-selling books, and he has tens of thousands of reviews, then I'm going to pick that guy. I'm not going to mm -hmm. pick him just, I'm not going to pick the one that's closest to me. I'm going to pick the one that has built the most value in himself, that is trustworthy, right. that has done things with his life. And so he has done things to set himself apart. Well, mm -hmm. we're coming up on 2017 and a business card doesn't cut it anymore. When mm -hmm. somebody hands me a business card, it's like them saying, here, will you throw this away for me? And right. so that's, exactly what I think of a business card. I'm going to take that card. I'm going to shove it in my pocket, put it in my wallet, go throw it in the trash like a few minutes later. And mm -hmm. I'm never going to get in contact with that person unless that person did something really compelling. They did something to amaze me, you mm -hmm. know, but if you go to the app market, 90% of purchases are being made on mobile 
smartphones. And so right. all of the internet traffic is now coming from mobile devices, whether it's tablets or cell phones. And people mm -hmm. are trying to figure out how to stay connected with their customers. You can't do it through Facebook because they more than likely have, you know, if it, I might have a Facebook page that says that I have 7,500 likes on it, but the 7,500 likes that I have, they, they probably like a billion things between them. Right, right. And they, they just clicked like when it exactly, floated past them. Exactly. And so what can I do? as a business owner or an entrepreneur to set myself apart. Well, mm -hmm. you got to do something for the world. You got to do you got to do something to get yourself pressed. You got to have a couple mm -hmm. of books out. You need to have an app in the app store. You need to make sure that if you're a carpet cleaner or a chiropractor or you have a podcast, it doesn't matter, then you need to have a functional way for people to get in touch with you based off of what they are doing, what the world is doing now. Not based off mm -hmm. of what you might think the world is doing like Deb I went to your website I think mm -hmm. you know I checked out your website it's great it took me a little while to get to the radio archives right um mm -hmm. to find a, a radio show or two to listen to because mm -hmm. you have archives that are embedded and linked to a different platform so mm -hmm. so what if everybody could just download the social light app or you know right. or the Deb app or yeah. whatever you want to call it and then, Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then right there in the app, they have the links to your radio show, your website. They have your sponsor. They have the ability to buy sponsorships, to advertise on your show. They have mm -hmm. the ability to go to all your archives, and it's right there on something that I'm already using instead of trying right. to scour the web for everything. Mm -hmm. And the smarter app company, the reason why we came up with this concept is. Um, you know, I was listening to one of your shows earlier and you were talking about MLM and you were talking mm -hmm. about how this guy was like on his Facebook feed. All he talked about is how successful he is in MLM and, and how, mm -hmm. but he never would talk about the product or what the product could do for a person. Um, mm -hmm. I consulted with many multi-level marketing companies, um, and they brought me on as a millennial to try and get a younger crowd to use their platform. Okay. And so I worked with uh, at least a dozen of the top MLM companies out there. You could name them and I could say, yes, I've worked with them. And so mm -hmm. the main thing that I learned is MLM is really good for building assets, but people my age don't care. Like right. I, I might, uh, I could go through my entire network of people and I might be able to only find enough people to buy makeup from me to make $300 a month. So, mm -hmm. so now I have to sign a non-compete with your company saying that I can only sell your products. I have mm -hmm. to purchase your makeup for $150 a month to right. get the right to sell it. Uh, I have to learn and train myself on some complicated binary unilateral system to where I could have made more money if I had actually placed the person in the right leg to get ready for what? Like, are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Right. And so, right. so uh, about a year and a half ago, um, I was approached with the opportunity uh, to create a brain supplement company called Smarter Pills. And uh, really good brain supplement. I was going, since I had written a couple of books on multi-level marketing and I had been in it for a while, you know, I was going to be the CEO of this brain supplement company. And so it, whenever it came time for us to get this software built to start our MLM, uh, I didn't like the $150,000 price tag on the software. Mm -hmm. And right. the only thing that was going through my head was what, what if I'm an another entrepreneur that wants to start my own brain supplement, I have to have $150,000. Like uh, what if I only have a hundred dollars a month to spend on mm -hmm. something? Right. So let's get rid of all the problems with MLM. Let's mm -hmm. create our own multi-tiered compensation program, but let's mm -hmm. put it through the format of an, of an affiliate app to where mm, the social right. light show could have an app. Uh, mm -hmm. I can share your app with people. And mm -hmm. where they make purchases of your products or services and I can make money. But, right. but not only that, I can promote Jason Criddle and I can promote Les Brown and I can promote Tom Thumb and I can promote Virgin Mobile. And I can mm -hmm. promote all of these different companies 
and make money from all of them and have all mm-hmm. those earnings go into a centralized banking system to where mm-hmm. every single month I get paid for promoting the six brands that I like the best. Right. So that's where the Smarter App Company came from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we, we give people the opportunity to, um, to be inside our family of apps. Uh, we have mm-hmm. about 20 apps in the App Store branded under our name. And then we have another 20 or 30 that are using the software. Um, mm-hmm. Either they're marketing companies or advertising agencies that are rebranding the apps. Uh, and then we have another 100 or so that are in the pipeline right now. Mm-hmm. And by the end of 2017, I want at least 5,000 companies using the software. Mm-hmm. And so it gives people the ability to have their own app in the app right. stores. Uh, it gives their audience the ability to market their brand. And mm-hmm. The reason why they would market my brand is because they can make money from marketing my brand. They don't mm-hmm. have to sign a non-compete. They don't have to make any purchases in order to market my brand and they can still um they can still participate in a multi-tiered compensation structure mm-hmm. to where my friend makes a purchase and i make money and then makes a purchase and i make money and then their friend's friend makes a purchase and i make money mm-hmm. and if nobody makes a purchase you're not out money you're not out money you're not you're not you know you're not if you have an app that you get and you want to and you like that brand then great and if you can't find anybody that wants that brand, then just tell them about the company. Let them find their own app that's within the company of a brand or a product that they would want to promote, and then you can Mm -hmm. still get paid from that. Mm -hmm. Right. So how complicated is it to have your own app? Because I think that's probably the the misperception that a lot of people have is, oh my gosh, it's got to be way hard and there's no way I can do it. Yes. So that was the problem that we were trying to get rid of. Um, Having been a software investor for a few years now, you know, whenever I got into this just five years ago, if somebody wanted to get an app in the app store, it could very easily cost them a quarter million dollars, a half million dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they would have to hire a development team and a project manager and they would have to get all this stuff. But but just like computers, people don't need it. And so whenever somebody, you know, somebody will go and spend $5,000 on a computer and then get on Facebook with it Mm -hmm. instead of getting paying $5,000 for a computer to, you know, create mobile games and, and, you know, pirate software or whatever it is that they're going to do $5,000 computer. They don't need that. Mm -hmm. And so your average entrepreneur, your average business owner they don't need some uber complicated thing. They just need the ability to sell their products and services. Right. And so when somebody comes to the Smarter App Company, if they want their own app, they download Smarter Marketing. We have five choices for them that range between $100 a month and $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. They make their purchase. They send us, we send them a little one-page PDF cheat sheet. Uh, Mm -hmm. They send us their logo, their pictures of their products, the descriptions of their products, their services. We put all of those into our database. We push their app into the iOS and Google Play Store and then Mm -hmm. hand them back a dashboard where they can Mm -hmm. go in and a training video where they can go in and they can change their products. They can update their inventory, change their prices. They can pay. uh, It doesn't matter what price point they're paying. Everybody gets the dashboard. Uh, it's just that they can unlock certain options by paying mm-hmm. a higher price. But now all of a sudden that business, that chiropractor, that carpet cleaner, that podcast owner, you know, that blogger, they have mm-hmm. their own app in the app store. They can, um, uh, they can uh, build up a user database. That user database can promote their products for them. They can keep in contact with them through a contact page. You know, mm-hmm. they can see who's using their their products and services. They can look at their trap. It's it's beautiful. It's just a a beautiful little thing that I wanted to put out there so that anybody who really wants an app to run their company can have one. Right. And just well, a- and I love you know that that you did make it such a a I'm not going to say simple process because it's you know that that implies that it's simplistic, but you made it a process that is easy for, for almost anybody to be able to follow. Yes. 
Yeah, that was the point. And to be and to allow people to just pay, you know, allow somebody to just say, look, you might not need even a thousand dollar a month app right now. Start out with a hundred dollar a month app because every entrepreneur can afford a hundred dollars a month. Right. And start building up your database and your user base. And as you evolve and get bigger, then maybe later you can upgrade to a $250 a month app or a $500 mm -hmm. app. But for right now, uh, people are spending $100 a month on new business card designs. People are spending thousands of dollars a month on Facebook ads and getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. At least with an app, you have a tangible, realistic way to keep in contact with people. Right. Well, and like you know, we've said, your phone is within reaching distance almost all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, now I'm not one of those people that sleeps with it by me, but it's, you know, it's close enough that if it pings, you know, I can, can get up and check it. But, but yeah, I mean, so many people, it's the very first thing they do in the morning, you know, whether it's checking Facebook, checking email, you know, whatever, and probably one of the last things they do right before they go to bed. And of course, they're attached to it during the day. And so why not take advantage of the fact that your customer, your client, your whoever, your listeners, you know, whatever it is, have that in their hand anyway. Yeah, they're doing the same thing you are. They're mm -hmm. on their phone. Uh, that's just it. We live on our phones now. And so if, if I go to, whenever I go to a meeting, I go to a meeting and everybody is handing out business cards. Mm -hmm. And then I tell people, oh, just download the Jason app. Everybody right. remembers that. Oh, you yeah. Know? And everybody I tell, download the Jason app, they're going through their business cards and then they're downloading my app first. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're sitting there. Who was that cool guy? Oh, that was Jason Criddle. Yeah, he said right. download the Jason right. app. Now, mm -hmm. I'm always there. I'm on mm -hmm. their homepage of their cell phone. And mm -hmm. they're not having to dig through their pockets and their old coat from last year to try and find an old business card to get my right. contact information. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the Jason app. What does somebody find if they if they download it? Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's my you know that's my smarter app, and so mm -hmm. people can um, hire me to come and work with them. Uh, they can hire me for consulting. They can become a part of my mastermind group. Uh, they can get in touch with us, our investment group. They can send their business plans through the app. I mean, you know, pretty much everything that everybody tries to do to me anyway, which is, mm -hmm. you know, have me come speak or right. uh, have me come work with them or trying to send me over uh, a pitch deck. And mm -hmm. so they can do it all through my app. Cool. I can't wait to download it. Yeah, it'll be fun. I need some users on there. I haven't been promoting it, so... Well, and you know, so, so again, we want people, it's just called the Jason app mm -hmm. and it's in the app store or Google play. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, Jason, we've got about five minutes left, so I'm going to throw it to you. What do you want to talk about for five minutes? Uh, well, so what, I, what have you got planned for 2017? What's on your agenda? Well, you know, I mean, we're, we're a little bit into the year right now. We have already, uh, you know, we got our, our smarter foundry off the ground. Um, what I'm concentrating on right now is really helping, um, really getting, helping the smarter app company. I'm the CEO of that company, but I always have to remember that I do have other companies and I do have other right. projects. It's, it's your fun toy right exactly, now. Exactly. And so, you know, what we're doing is we're putting the relationships in place uh, that we need in order to get to that 5,000 mark. And then with Jason Criddle and Associates in the Smarter Foundry, I want, I want Jason Criddle and Associates in the Smarter Foundry to become so big that any entrepreneur can put on their business plan that they are involved with us and people will just invest in their company because of the name we have built for right. ourselves. It's like if somebody says, you know, they've been working with Richard Branson. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's really what I want to focus on. As far as any kind of last words or a message that I could get out to your listeners, your entrepreneurs, your business owners, leverage everything. Just mm -hmm. because I've written a few books doesn't mean anything because everybody can write a few books. Everybody mm -hmm. can have multiple companies. Everybody can have multiple assets and different ways of making income. The problem with us is we, we confuse multitasking with, uh, with thinking, 
you know, oh, I'm really good at multitasking. Well, multitasking is having multiple projects going on at once. It's not being able to drive with your knee and text with right. your, your hand. Mm -hmm. That's not multitasking. That's just being an idiot. Um, mm -hmm. uh, multitasking is, is not, if you have a nine to five job, then don't get off work just to go home to look forward to watching TV. In mm -hmm. that time, that's when you should be building multiple projects. Your, right. your brain and your body and your mind should be so big with such a gigantic purpose that you literally don't want to eat or sleep because mm -hmm. you have so much to do. To me, mm -hmm. that's what multitasking is. Everybody has a story they can leverage. Everybody has relationships they can leverage. Uh, it's not just about how many likes you can get on Facebook. It's about getting people to realize that your voice is worth something and your message is worth something. And if you can build a life around just being who you want to be and doing whatever you want to do, then more people are going to respect you for it. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it does. It comes back to you know what we were saying in the beginning. You have to be you. And not everybody's going to like that. Some people are going to think it's the greatest thing in the world, but you have to be you. And, and when you are, it just attracts more. I mean, you know, we've, we've all seen the, the fake people and they, you know, you might even spend time with them for a while, whether it's personally, professionally, but pretty soon that gets old. You know, I want to see who the real person is. And, and the sad thing is sometimes they don't know, you know, they have spent their entire life, their entire career being that perfect employee, being that perfect spouse, being, you know, whatever, and they've lost who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, nobody cares, you know, no, no. nobody cares. Uh, like I could walk out in the middle of downtown right now and I could pull down my pants. And as long as a cop doesn't see it, then I'm going to be just fine. Everybody's going to forget <laughs> about it, you know, just like it never happened. So, mm -hmm. So yes, stop doing what you think the world expects of you and just start expecting more of yourself. And, mm -hmm. and we live in a day and age where you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a diploma now. Like right. you don't have to have special skills. You don't have to have licenses. You can just be whatever you want to be. And guess what? If you only have to make $2,000 a month to live, then you are a lot more powerful than somebody that has to make, you know, $100,000 a month right. to live, you know? So the Smarter App Company allows people to, um, to be whatever it is that they want to be and do what they want to do mm -hmm. and make a living from it and stay connected. And then, you know, as far as the publishing company, our consulting, our investments, if people need help getting along the way if people just need to talk for a little bit and get a little bit of guidance that's where it all all the rest of it comes in so you know people can look up jasoncriddle.com they can download the jason app if they go to either app store and they just type in the words jason criddle they're going to see a whole lot more stuff than just my one app so i love it you know and, and that's the key is we have to be findable you know, and, and, and so many businesses have forgotten that, you know, and, and, or they think, you know, I'm, I'm okay with my little part of the world. And if they are okay with their little part of the world, that's okay. We're not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if they want to be found by the rest of the world, then they need to take those steps to do that. Well, one thing I can guarantee is if they want to make money, then yes, they need to be found. And if the only place that they can be found is on the second page, of a Google search results listing, then they're not being not going to happen. Yep. You know, I was, I was talking with another guest of mine about that just, uh, you know, uh, not long ago. And, and I said, you know, it used to be that we were happy if we were in the top 10 pages and now it really is the first page. And more importantly, it's like the, the it's like the old above the fold with the newspapers. I don't scroll down. I don't scroll down. So either. I look at yeah, the first two now, or three listings yeah, that come yeah. up. You know, I've got a big monitor. I can get, you know, quite a few, but yeah, I'm not going to scroll down. Maybe I do. Maybe I go to the second page, but then what I do is I refine my search, you know, because I didn't look for the right thing. And yeah, I mean, if you're not findable, you're lost. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, Jason, this has been absolutely fabulous and so much fun. And I love the fact that we didn't talk just 100% business. So hopefully everybody loved the conversation. I know I did. I had a great time. Yeah. Who cares what they think? We had fun. I know. 
We yeah, did this for yeah, us. We didn't do this for the audience. Screw right. you guys. No. I'm, yeah. 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 It doesn't. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the beauty of what the show was about. It doesn't right. matter. You and I right. learned so much and we had such a great conversation. If even one person enjoyed this show, then we did a good job. Most definitely. And I really have enjoyed it. And, and I hope to have you on again. Well, we'll do. We'll be here. Perfect. Perfect. Well, to everyone out there, have a great day. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.